This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Yeah, great to have such great to have you all here today. Great to have our online audience joining us and, and just look around for a minute. Just look around for a minute. It's so great to have all of you folks here. What great energy in the room today. As we close our series on starting point. What we've been looking at with starting point is the idea that we all start somewhere and we start somewhere and then, and then faith can kind of get a bit rocky at a certain time. We may even lose faith. For many, our faith framework did not make it through the challenges of adult life. So we're searching for a new, I'm going to have you say that word starting there. So we are searching for a new point of adult faith. We're searching for a new starting point of adult faith. And oftentimes that's connected with this concept here. The Bible, the word, the church, the pastor says is no longer an adequate starting point for many. The lived experience of resurrection is. So we reach a certain point where, where somebody who just says, well, it's because the pastor said that's why you should do it, or because the Bible says and that's why you should do it. It doesn't quite work in the same way anymore. Now, there's a time where that does work, and there's a time when it's healthy. But then it seems that we sort of lose that, sort of halfway through our lives, and, and we have to start to think, what is a different starting point for life? How maybe could we hold our lives differently? Now, we've been doing that through a five-part series, and this is the conclusion. So if you picked one to come to, this was the one. And this last part of the five-part series, we looked at an overview, we looked at the A student, we looked at perplexity, we looked at CPR, and you can find all these online if you'd like to go back and look at them. And we're looking at part five today, and I'm going to have you say the last word there, paying attention to different Paying attention to different things. What is it like to actually pay attention to different things? Now, I want to put up here the Bible story that we've been looking at. And I'm going to be talking about actually using the chair here as an example. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them. And out to them was this group of disciples. And they're, they're sitting on a boat. These are, these are Christ's followers. And again, like think of these as normal Joe and Jane bag of donuts kind of people. These are not like saints. They're not out there on the lake with halos and a choir of angels. They're out there in a storm and they're scared. That's what this is about. Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. So the story goes on. And you have this one disciple, Peter, and he's sitting in the boat. He's terrified. Again, he's a fisherman. He's used to being out on the water, but he's terrified because he feels like there's such a big storm. He's worried about drowning. And you can imagine the kind of storm that would actually worry a sailor would be pretty big. So he's sitting in the boat, terrified, no doubt white-knuckling it. And these, this is how the story goes forward. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied. So he sees Christ walking from a distance. Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And you have to imagine Peter here. And, and this is for review. We have a lot of first-time people here today. So I want to make sure we really got this part of the story down. It's not that he jumps out and starts running on the water. You know, he's like you and me. Every bit is scared. Every bit is vulnerable. No doubt he's sort of got, got two hands on the gunwale. He's, he's sort of putting a foot over. And then he's taking another foot. He's trying to be the A student and just try to listen. But he's scared out of his mind. But the water holds, and he starts to walk. Then this part of the story comes. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came towards Jesus. 
But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, beginning to sing, cried out. Can we say those three words? Cried out. So he cries out like, Lord, save me, as he's going down, blah, blah, blah. And, And I don't see it as like all of a sudden he got his feet wet. I think he was under. He was under. And we talked about that perplexity time of our lives where we're all of a sudden like the, the first walk of faith between the boat and here and here. It, it worked for a period of time, but then it stops working. It stops working. And actually, here's the crazy part. This, this can be like the turning point of the whole journey. It feels like a crisis. But the reality is it's an opportunity. Next slide. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, and that's important, reached out his hand. So you think of Jesus like reaching, I should go this way here, you think of Jesus like reaching down into the water, into the water, and starting to pull him up. Caught, it, caught him, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And for me, as I tell our audience all the time, I always think of Christ saying this with a big smile. An example would be that we used last week. Imagine jumping off a diving board for the first time. Remember when you were little kids? Parents, remember catching your little kids like that? And, and they're like, you're not going to catch me. Yes, I am. It's okay. I think that's kind of the spirit of Christ pulling Peter out of the water. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. That is what we are looking at now. We're looking at that walk back, which we looked at last week. And what would it be like sitting in this place now? You've had this experience, that initial kind of triumphalism. Don't worry, I'm the A student. I got it. Obedience, I got it. And then we have that sinking, that time of perplexity. We walk back to the boat, a new walk with Christ, a new understanding of patience, A new understanding of resilience, CPR. And then we sit in the boat, but wow, it's the exact same seat we were in. But boy, it feels totally different now. I mean, just to put yourself in that place, just for a second, how different that would feel sitting in that place. I think in our lives, we would start to see things very, very differently. We're now in that place and we're a new creation. We can't unlearn this journey. We can't pretend that these things didn't happen. They did, and they're very real. And they're part of our story, and we start to understand them, and we start to use them to build our faith in a new way. And maybe we start to understand what is okay now in a different way. Now again, picture yourself sitting in this seat, totally sopping wet. And maybe this is what we get that's okay. It's okay, I'm going to have you say that U word there, okay to live undefended, to be sopping wet in a world where others apparently are not. I spend a lot of time pretending that I'm dry when I'm not. You know, pretending I I really didn't trip. You know, you know, how many of us, when we trip, we try to, you know, we try to, I mean, just imagine, I was down in the city yesterday, you trip on a sidewalk, you try to make it look like... All cool, man, no problem. It was on purpose. If you see me trip, it's never on purpose. We we, we try to pretend, but it's just like that person who's like able to go into a situation and just go, hey, I I have a drinking problem. I don't, well, I I do. (laughs) You know, where we're able to be really upfront. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all wet. We're all wet. And that's, okay. yeah, we're human. 
And what a relief it is to finally be able to admit that. That we're not perfect. That we didn't have the journey. That we didn't have it all down. It gets us to the second one. Okay to let go and acknowledge that God is doing what we can't do and never could. Well, yeah, like, you know, he, like, like Peter's not sitting here with his buddies going, yeah, good thing I could swim. No, he's not doing that at all. He's soaking wet. They know he can't swim. He's going back, yeah, you know, I, I, I see Christ so differently now. A Christ that is literally in the boat. It's okay now to risk more. Isn't that interesting? Like once we've been through this and we're soaking wet, are you going to be that afraid of going into the water again? Probably not. Probably not. It's actually okay now to risk more because you know even in those, even in those troughs, God is there too. It's okay to enjoy the ride more. So we get to enjoy life more because we know that it's like, remember that roller coaster we looked at? We get that it's all a roller coaster. And that nothing lasts forever. Even that moment of crisis, even that moment of pain, which a lot of you are bringing here today, is not going to last forever. There is another side of all this. And the last one, it's okay to have adult, it's okay to have adult faith. It's okay to have a real mature form of faith where where you understand that that first walk out of the boat to the sink, it was part of your journey. And and that other people can be on that journey too. Your job is not to rush them through the stages. Your job is just to go, yep, that was part of my journey. The sinking was part of my journey. The second walk was part of my journey and now sitting back in the boat, all part of my journey. And what do we learn there, folks? Well, we learn a very different perspective towards failure. And towards things not working out. This is Father Richard Rohr, what he had to say about success. And I love these words. Once we reach the age of 30, and hopefully it happens before that, folks, by the way. Once we reach the age of 30, success has nothing to teach us. Success is fun and rewarding, but we don't learn anything new from it. Look at this line. This is a beautiful line. If you had a camera, I'd take a picture of that. It's not a bad, it's just a lousy That's good stuff. The only thing that can teach us, that can get through to us and profoundly change us is suffering, failure, loss, and wounds. Now, it doesn't mean that success isn't part of our, I mean, you don't want to live life where you're you're just purely into suffering. You know, some really bad rerun of a Charlie Brown cartoon. You know, you you want to have success, and, and we all want each other to have success. We want that. But when failure comes along, we're able to ask the question, what can I learn here versus how much can I just sit and wallow here? Do you see the difference? What can I learn here versus how can I just sit and wallow here? We're allowed to feel that emotion of failure, disappointment, vulnerability. Acknowledge it, speak it to the universe, grieve it and grieve the loss. And then continue just as Peter did with our walk, this time a walk in a very new and different way. And then there's this part of connection where we start to see in adult faith these much, much, much wider connections. You think about how much that has changed with me. I, you know, I, a number of years ago, I remember flying 
uh, out to the out somewhere to speak, and 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 a, and a guy dared to ask me a question about church. And what I did was I turned this big fire hydrant, which is my mouth, right at him, and I opened it full bore. And I'm sure the guy was like, I am never sitting with that dude again. You know, because it, it wasn't about holding a faith that he had his faith. And my job was kind of to hear him and to, to maybe God put him there for me to learn something. No, my job was to, in two hours time, indoctrinate him. Oh, that is bad juju. You know, that's bad stuff. Like, you don't, you don't want to be around that kind of person. You know, it's, that's a real challenge. And, and we need to find a different way to do that, to understand that there's this huge connection across humanity and, and, and many, you know, many wells, one water, many wells, one water. What this denomination, what New Church calls, you know, universal, the church universal, the church of one song. And that one song is beautiful. And it can cross denominational lines. It can cross ethnic lines. As we're going to see with this video, with a Jewish woman and a Christian woman. The Christian woman has Alzheimer's. Now for the kids in here, Alzheimer's is, is a really hard disease where it, where it like attacks your brain. So you can't really remember things anymore. You can't really remember people's names or, or what's going on. You can't really interact with the world in a normal way, what you and I would consider normal. And watch what this beautiful woman does from a very different faith tradition as she speaks to that universal church that lies within all of us. Take a look at this video. You think I could be with you and Jesus for a minute? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. I use music because when speech is gone, music, especially with Gladys Wilson, it was religious music because there's emotion tied to it and safety tied to it. So I used her old church songs. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. What I did was, when she moved, I moved with her. And when I was singing, because she didn't sing with me, so I matched the intensity of my voice to the intensity of her movement. And pretty soon, for a split second, we became one person. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. So at one point, when she got very quiet and very peaceful, and my voice became very quiet as hers and very peaceful, and my breathing slowed to her breathing, she pulled me to her. And I moved with her. And for her at that moment, I believe I was a symbol of, of her mom. Can you open your eyes now? Do you see me? Feel safe and warm? Yes? Can you sing with me? He's got the whole world 
in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the mothers and the fathers. He's got the mothers and the fathers in his hands. He's got the mothers and the fathers in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. The breakthrough doesn't happen every time. The person will not always look their, open their eyes and look at you. But if you keep trying and you send, keep centering yourself and uh, really look at that person and really mirror their movements. Maybe not this time, but the next time you come, you'll have a communication. You feel safe? You feel safe? Yeah. With Jesus? Yeah. And me? Is that, is that beautiful or what? You know, you notice the song, he's got the whole world in his hands. Guess what song we're going to do? <laughs> Don't you just love, I love her view, like, like she's got her hands around this woman and she's singing like he's got the whole world in his hands. That's very adult faith. Very adult faith. It's able to connect on the other person's terms to that thing, that heart of humanity that we all share, the church universal, the church of one song. And it's a beautiful thing. And it teaches us to start to pay attention to very different things in life. And as we do, he's got the whole world in his hands. Feel free to join with the band. And when, we're gonna, when we come back, we're going to look at ways that we can really kind of drive this into our lives, this paying attention to different things. So fun, right, to think like, yeah, God really does have the whole world in his hands. And, and that connection, that, that adult faith, and if, if we can start getting that and start getting like, like that woman mirroring, and, and that's the way I think God kind of, kind of holds us. And Boy, it just, it means that we're going to pay attention to different things. There's a lot we're going to let go of, thankfully. To drive that home, here's a quote from one of my favorite Christian authors, Anne Lamott. Age has deepened and widened our sense of faith, and by faith I don't mean necessarily religious conviction. I'm talking about belief in the existence of a divine intelligence, but also about faith in goodness, in life, in things mostly working out. And let's not forget faith in ourselves, the conviction that we are loved and chosen, which is such a component of the spiritual life. The theologian Paul Tillich famously said that the opposite of faith is not doubt but certainty. And I can vouch for that, I think. Getting older has given me more comfort in not knowing the answers. I throw up my hands more often now. I shake my head and wonder at how inscrutable life is. I have finally figured out that figure it out is not a great slogan. My new slogan is, who knows, which leads quite easily to who cares, but isn't it something? The God of the Old Testament says, could we say those two words, says, be still, be still and know that I am God. 
For example, and I love this, I love this part of this quote, put a sock in it. You're in charge of very little. You can help the dogs at mealtime as they have no opposable thumbs, but you're going to have to trust me with the big things. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta love that. You know, it's just that, 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 that letting go that can, that can start to occur as we find this new starting point and we embrace what that starting point can be. How do we see this here in the new church? Here's a beautiful quote that, that gets to, I think, what that, what, that, what that shape can start to look like. You have reached wisdom when you no longer have any concern about understanding what is true and good, but are motivated by and living what is true and good. For this is wisdom. The, the, people, the people I know who are really on this path, we're kind of sitting back in the boat and able to offer something to all the rest of us who still don't have the courage to get out of the boat like me. What they offer is they're not interested in arguing anymore. They're not interested in debating anymore. They're just motivated by what they know to be true. And not just motivated like some constant pep rally, some constant pregame talk where you never are actually out on the field. But motivated to action. Motivated to doing. Motivated to actually seeing God everywhere in everyone and really working at allowing that courage to push them through into life in a new way. I mean, again, you think of Peter sitting there soaking wet. What would be the expression on his face? Of course, there'd be relief. Of, uh, of course, there'd be reverence. And I think there'd be a great big smile. Because he knows something now. Something incredibly deep and incredibly profound. A way to pay attention to different things. And you think about, folks, all the things right now that all of us bring in here today and all the attentiveness we put on this, that, or the other thing, and in the end, doesn't really matter. All those things that are urgent, but not really important. That clamor for our attention. Clamor for our attention. But fail to actually feed our soul. We have to sort of take time to step back and, and really look at that. Our culture folks move so fast, so fast, so fast, so fast. And it's only getting faster. And, 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 and I, you know, like I'm, I'm always sort of um, rubbernecking, like looking at it going, wow, it looks really enticing. But knowing that, no, actually, I have to offer something different. We have to offer something different than that. Because it's so easy to get caught up in it. I I think churches of old had a great way of keeping perspective. This is an old church out towards Lancaster. My my son's a paramedic out there, so I drove out. And I am a complete geek for old churches. If anybody, any of you want to know what to get me for my birthday, get me that. You know, that church has been like 17, so look at the history of that thing. You know, this church was interesting because it even had gravestones built into the wall. Maybe people who died, I'm just assuming, of course, people who died, you know, somewhere else, but they were part of the congregation, they wanted to memorialize them. Beautiful thing. And look at the path into this church. 
It's the, the front door would be to the left where I took the picture from was where the path bends down around the hedges. What do you notice all around there, folks? Gravestones. Isn't that interesting, right? I know of no modern church that has ever said we have to have a graveyard in our front yard. You wouldn't do it, right? We need parking. We need stereo. We need big banners. We need appropriate lighting. We need something that looks like a movie movie theater, you know, because we don't want to have that, those kinds of, those kinds of reminders, those kinds of reminders. I actually think those reminders are beautiful. And I want to know what you think. What I'm going to ask you to do is to take 60 seconds here. What is the beauty of walking through a cemetery to get to the front door of a church? I'd ask you to share that with a neighbor If you have your cell phone out and it's on, you can feel free to text that in. That's the same for our online audience. What is the beauty of walking through a cemetery to get to the front door of a church? Please share. All right. As always, this congregation has so many great answers. And you think about it, folks, like back in the time of of that picture that we saw with with the graveyard and and the tombstones all around, did people travel a lot back then? Not a whole lot. So you were multi-generational. I mean, if you traveled 30 miles in your lifetime, you had traveled quite a distance. So I want to read some of these. These are just beautiful, folks. The connection of life and death of this world and what is spiritual. A reminder. It's the beginning of my true journey. Seeing all the wonderful people who helped this church. A reminder of the love for ones who are with God and reminder to not be afraid. A connection with the eternal, with our loved ones and their part in our community. We are one on a journey. That's beautiful. Extra credit for you, 770. Make the most of every day. The amazing spiritual connectedness to that church. Those people are still there. An honor to be laid to rest on the steps of the house of worship. A reminder that those who died are still all around. This is a good one. Oh, this is a good one. It's a reminder that it's a living church. Very good. That the loved one will attend church spiritually. Life, the beauty of seeing your ghost family. If your family is buried there, it's nice to know they are still with you. Knowing those who believed are surrounding you. Act now, time is limited. Sort of carpe diem. The beauty is knowing that the people that died wish to stay with this church for all time. The beauty is that they are still remembered and with us. It's like walking through life to get to the Lord. You get through history on your way to the present. And there's a bunch more really beautiful folks. Do you see the beauty of that? And can we start to understand like that paying attention to different Things and getting that this this sort of this crisis point because what 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 I worry about sometimes this is you're all going to hear this just as Chuck please say yes this is just Chuck and you're welcome to go out of here and say honey that was crazy I like the whole sermon but what he said right there that's fine you know we, we get out of boat we go through that first walk and then we go through this time of perplexity and we just kind of sit there we just kind of sit there. God's reaching his hand. We're not that interested anymore. We're not interested in in actually being part of something, actually doing something. We're interested in just being perplexed, if that makes sense. 
And that's not to cast blame or whatever. It's just to say like, because I, I see people all the time who are like, oh, I just, I can't find faith and I'm struggling and I'm struggling with this in my organization. I'm struggling with that in my church. And, and I feel like, great, get it, let's build. Listen to me say it again. Great, I get it, let's build. I, I think that's all we can do. You know, because life is so short, right? Like, we're all going to be there. And, and we, we have to learn to walk through it. Like, churches need to be very aware of that. Those parts are part of life. And they may even add a certain preciousness to it. So, so, so like, let's build. Don't have a whole lot of time. You know, let's build. This quote, and I, I don't remember where I got it. So the way I tagged it is Chuck can't remember who said it. It's probably one of you, just so you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Believing birth and death were different things. I was much mistaken. And believing birth and death were different things. I was much mistaken. I, I think we can be much mistaken believing that they're different things. I think God is with us on this whole path. And I feel like we have a choice to create a world where we learn to pay attention to different things and in pay attention to different things, we live into different things. A brand new starting point. Life and love come, come anew in ways that we just, we just can't imagine in a world that so badly cries for authentic alternatives. I mean, it's just interesting. You know, I was at a wedding last night and, and it's so interesting. When I tell people I'm a pastor, people always bless me. Not with a bottle, but they bless me. And he's like, oh, God bless you. You know, and, and, and I, I don't take that. It's nice getting blessed. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's like, it's, it's, I wonder if we're just, if there's like this reaching to speak this secret language that we all know about what's important. And there's, there's some part of them that knows that this is that important. This creating something new, this trying to allow God to flow through us. in ways that really give birth to adult faith. So keep all that in your mind as you go forward. If you're interested in looking at a new starting point, there's all kinds of different ways to do it. But the big one, the big one, is learning that that first step is simply taking God's hand and starting to move forward Starting that new walk, having the courage to start all over again. I'd ask you now to please join me in prayer. Then we're going to say, then you may offer the Lord's Prayer as you know it, or to say a silent prayer or to have a moment of quiet reflection. We're going to actually be closing the service with two songs one by the Academy of the New Church students, and another one we're going to be doing, lifting you higher and higher again, because it was so much fun last week. I said, you got to see that one again. I went home and listened to it four times, so I asked them to do it again. Before I offer the prayer, I do want to offer one more thank you to the students from the Academy of the New Church for joining us here today. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, help us to find ways to start over again. 
to find ways, Lord, to acknowledge that our faith journey is one where oftentimes we do fall. Oftentimes that faith no longer works for us in some way, shape, or form. And that's part of the journey too. Allow us to find that new walk, Lord. Allow us to find our way back into the boat. And when we are there, allow us to find adult faith, a mature faith, a faith able to give sacrificially to this world, a faith of courage and joy and outreach and commitment, a faith that works wonders. faith that's able to understand that in living and in dying, both the same, both giving birth to something new. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. See you next week.